It starts with the desire to live beyond the walls of mediocrity, outside the confines of normal. People who laugh at the ridiculous notion of comfort. It's a community of performers. People with a fire to build their own roads and control their own destiny. Welcome to The Chad Shipley Show. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Chad. Great to be here. <laughs> you're, you're the first in the new studio. Woo! Yeah, that's totally it, under construction here. Yeah, it's a little rough. Yeah. yeah. We'll get there. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. I wanted to talk about a couple things, uh, specifically the work that you're doing to build an obstacle course out in the middle. Where, where is that going to be located? It's in the heart of Monroeville, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. It's like, we've got 100 acres there. It's just yeah. waiting for me to create some stuff, cool <laughs> stuff. Yeah, so you said it's a four-year journey. You're starting now. We have a race coming up in September. September, but, September 22nd. But for the next four years, it, you plan on it being this just continued effort to build out a bunch of obstacles. Like, yeah, totally. Be, <laughs> I'd like it to be like a um, like a training ground where you come and you know get ready for your next obstacle course race. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're affiliated with Spartan as well, right? I've um, worked for them for a few years. Yeah, like four years. So. Okay. So you're actually a Spartan coach still, or you were? Yes, I'm a Spartan SGX coach, um, an obstacle course um, specialist, level right. two SGX, and uh, Spartan strong as well. Yeah, so, so level, level pretty much all the things that they offer coaches. Right. So I'm I'm actually really interested in this because I could never figure it out. So Spartan <laughs> Spartan levels one two like what is the what's the highest level of a coach that you can be? For so Spartan? it's just one and two and. Two just gets more in depth and like training. Okay. You know, higher yeah. level people. So, I haven't done too much of that just because. Right. You know, I have worked with people that are just entry level. Right. You know, in Spartan races and obstacle course racing. So. So, but they build basically. They have like a certification program where they right. you have to understand their like material, just like getting a personal training certification. Is yeah, you got to take a test. Okay. Yeah. Test is really hard <laughs> for the level one. Yeah. Because it. I mean, part of the original premise of Spartan was, you know, the mystery of it and just being prepared for everything. Right. Um, I think part of that has gone away because they you know, they want obstacle course racing to be part of the Olympics. So in order to do oh, that, yeah. it has to be like, you know, not cookie cutter, but, right. you know, more formed. You got to kind of know what you're going to be in for. Yeah, so yeah. Originally, when I started racing in 2012, and I think... Spartan race started a few years before that. It was like, oh, there was no maps. You couldn't see where all the obstacles were. You had no clue what it was. Yeah. And you just did it. You just had to be prepared for anything, just right. like in life. You know, as you know from this place, you got to be prepared for anything, yeah, we'll, right? We'll, we'll, we'll come back to this place in a minute. Okay, but, gotcha. Yeah, I think that that would actually be more fun. So to not be able to map out the course and have any idea like what the terrain is going to be like, right. what the obstacles, and honestly, like the September twenty second one that you're building out right now, I, I haven't seen anything where you can actually map out the course or anything. Like I don't know what obstacles are there. I I keep trying to tell like my sister and her husband. I'm trying to get them to come, <laughs> and they're like scared to death. You know, like no way I can't do like those walls and climbing those ropes and all these things. If you talk to 90% of the people that have done Spartan races, they do it together. They help each other on the obstacles right. and stuff. I mean, yeah. you should totally not be intimidated about coming to this event. Yeah. You know, this year I'm not going to have a lead just because, you okay, know, there's yeah. only one of me. Right. So yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to pull off everything. Right. Um, I do have some great people that are working, 
but yeah. there's not many people in the organization that have have seen everything right and a lot of them don't even know what an obstacle course race is yeah and at least working for Spartan I've seen all the different aspects you know yeah. I know what the race director does I know what the build crew does right um, I might not be skilled at all those things but you know yeah. at least I've I've seen them you know multiple times yeah so you said that there's not elite for this right so not this year hopefully yeah. next year I can I can pull that off so I'm going back to my first Spartan race. So, and we'll kind of get into this because this is kind of how we met. Actually, it was almost a year ago today. It's weird that I know that, but yeah. <laughs> um, it, I was I was gearing up for the Spartan race Pittsburgh last year, which was in like the September October time frame. Right. I'd never done a Spartan race, and I'm thinking, I actually up until this point of like last year, I had never ran further than two miles in my life. I did once, but never further than that. Um, so I was like, well, four miles for the sprint, I'm going to have to like start, you know, preparing a little bit. And I'm like, well, I don't want to do the open because I couldn't figure it out. And that's why I want to talk about this. Yeah. I didn't know the difference between the open and the sprint because in racquetball, when you when you go into the open, you're like, it's like tennis. Like, yeah, that's, it's like you're that, those are the best. Right. right. You don't want to be playing there. And then racquetballs to the wall. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spartan races are like the exact opposite, right? Where the open is where you want to ha go and have fun and yeah, just be able yeah, to hang out. Right. Um, but the so I saw elite and I'm thinking, okay, well I'm gonna go for that because I want to really like put myself to the line and train hard. And I'm thinking like I'm probably gonna place. <laughs> <laughs> and then I get there and it was the like craziest experience. I don't even know if I've ever talked about it on the show, but I I just remember so Katie's there, she's like filming me and she's freezing because it's freezing out. And I have like three shirts on because like long sleeve shirts. Yeah. And I, I, they're like Spartans get to the <laughs> start line <laughs> and you have to like climb a wall to get to the start line. So, you know, all these people are like jumping over the wall right. and I'm like trying to climb it, you know, like I feel like <laughs> the biggest idiot. So I get over this wall and I'm standing there and all these guys are just started ripping off their shirts and they're throwing them off to the side and they're like jumping up and down because it was freezing and they're trying to get their adrenaline going. And I'm like, what in the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> and then one guy next to me is like, to another guy next to him, he's like, hey, I follow you on Twitter. And I'm like, whoa, man, we have people in this race that have followers on Twitter. Like they're like all over the country. So... I didn't know what I was getting into, but elite is kind of like the the people that are just going crazy and they're there very competitively to compete. Yeah. But what I like about the obstacle course racing, like you're in the woods and it's terrain, you have these obstacles you have to get through. I like it because just like what we're going to put into the fitness studio here, you can have not left the couch in 20 years or you can be an elite athlete and it's going the course is going to be awesome for you either way right like if you if you come and you have friends and you're going through it and you're getting through the obstacles like that's what we plan on doing this year so i have right. like Corinne Jukes and Pam Kesmer and like we're and you know Pam yeah we're like all gearing up and like going to come have a lot of fun i'm trying to get my nephew Joey Deggs and everyone's like you know, thinking, wait a minute, you know, I'm kind of injured. I don't want to be holding us back. And I'm like, no, we're going to go have fun. This is going to be a really fun event. Like, let's just hang out as a group, help each other through the obstacles and all that stuff. But I like that format where you can be someone that's not worked out ever and you could still come do it and have yeah. a good time. Or you could be like an elite athlete and still right. like just go hard as hardcore and right. like kick butt, right? So is that the way you design the course or is it? <laughs> All right, so 
the the course will not be designed until week and a half, week week and a half before. Okay. Because, you know, I know where all the obstacles are going to be, but um, I've, I've I'm not going to say that I've trained under a grandmaster course right. person before. Yeah. Um, I really think he is. Um, if anybody knows Spartan well, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But um. You know, I just want to, I need to know where the obstacles are and I'm just going to use the terrain yeah. you know, to make it fun. Make it fun. Let's go with that. Shut <laughs> <laughs> to figure out the right words there. Yeah. No, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome time. So I want to make sure people listening to it absolutely hear about the race coming up September 22nd in Monroeville. They can sign up the registration. I'm actually going to be posting and publishing all of the event info and the links and we're going to get advertisements out there um but i have like my group of people that we're kind of pulling together to, to nice. get involved in this and actually i'm just going to throw his name out there jim caruso he's like he's a good friend of mine i'm having lunch with him tomorrow he did the marathon with me how old is this guy uh like 35 36 okay i went to school with the jim caruso that's okay. all the reason i asked yeah <laughs> um yeah so he uh he did the marathon. He actually beat me in the marathon. I passed him on the south side, like, right before mile 12. And yeah. I'm like, man, I'm dusting him. Because <laughs> I was, like, three gates behind him, um, you know, from the start line. Like, All I hops was, up on carbs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mile three carbs that got him in me. Woo! Yeah, and I'm going like a bat out of hell. <laughs> then I lost music. My phone died. And I did the climb into Oakland. And then all of a sudden, he comes, like, trotting by me. You know, he paced the whole race. Yeah. He ended up beating me. Uh, no, he did really good. He trained really well. But, Jim... Um, calling you out, man, because you don't—you're not on Facebook, so you haven't seen any of this information. Would love to have you join us in the uh, upcoming race here for Pittsburgh. What is it? What's the name of it? I didn't win the contest. Steel City Showdown. Yeah. The Beast of the I, Bird. Oh, I didn't—I didn't actually get my entry submitted. I just sent you a text of like what name I wanted. Yeah. But I forgot to go out and actually like enter. Yeah, you had contest. to actually vote. Yeah. <laughs> we threw it out there the Steel City Spartan Group because. Okay. You cool. know. Yeah, obviously most invested in obstacle course racing and right. you know as i was working with through a spartan yeah. um you know i've always heard these guys say you know oh, it'll be so nice to have a, a race in pittsburgh um yeah. and so i wanted to bring that then spartan decided to throw their race at pnc park so the next month oh yeah so yeah, that's yeah. where yeah. it'll be yeah. but i wanted it to be for the people of pittsburgh to go you know, yeah. race and train and have as their own. So yeah, for sure. And yeah. I mean, it especially. I mean, I think that actually plays well because people can use the first race sort of as that fun kind of training, and then yeah. like get the nerves out. Right. And then if you really wanted to ever do a Spartan race, then you can you can sign up for the Spartan race yeah. too after that. You know? Right. Um, so I think they they couple each other really nicely. Like I know that's what kind of launched me into all of like my this fitness studio. You know, like. <laughs> Like December twenty, I think it was twenty eighteen. I'm like, Dad bod has to go. <laughs> oh. I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, my poster. Dad like, bod, burn the dad bod. Your monologue about your dad bod. Yeah, and I just saw something yesterday where like all these chicks were being interviewed, and they're all like, "Yeah, we love the dad bod. Like dad bod over six packs." I'm like, "What the heck, man?" I so I did like the insanity training, and then I I saw someone talking about a Spartan race. And I'm like, that'd be a lot of fun. I want to I want to get into that. And then I saw the advertisement that you guys put out there at the JCC in Bridgeville for a training seminar. So it was like a free come, like 
Yeah, the Spartan came for the, the you yeah, know yeah. Spartan Strong workout tour that year. Yeah. Yeah. And it was how many people ended up showing up to that? I think close to like 130, 140. That was yeah. the biggest workout tour that we've had in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it was insane. Like I, it, w- it yeah. was good insane. Yeah. It was so much fun. There was cameras everywhere. <laughs> like we're down on the ground. People were like, "Do push-ups," and the cameras in your face. It was actually like pretty awesome. I, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun doing. Well, the same it, videographer there was um, has done the promo videos for this. Okay, one. And cool. Those videos are amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. You, I think you've seen them. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, and they're the ones that I'm gonna pretty be sending out. So yeah. I'll be sharing those, and I'm gonna create an advertisement on Facebook, and we're gonna push this out because I think it's gonna be so much fun. I have the great release the, the weekend after, so to me, like this is just gonna be an opportunity to go have fun with friends. And, yeah, like, you know, absolutely. Get into the. I actually like running in the woods way more than I like running like roads. Well, it's better like, for your legs too. Yeah, is it really? Oh yeah, I didn't know that. We're not designed to run on the road. <laughs> How many roads were there five thousand years, one thousand years, yeah, hundred years ago? That's true. So, Good point. Plus yeah, it's so, better. Plus it's better for your ankle mobility too. What does that even mean? So just like, you know, that uneven surface, like yeah. trains your ankle to get stronger. Okay. Because oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. constantly yeah. shifting on the ground, so it's like, hey, yeah, this guy is gonna be running on this again, I better prepare myself for the next journey, so yeah. it helps strengthen up your ankles and stuff. Yeah, I so. ran up and down a hill, a big hill, 10 times today, and I actually like, I loved it because it was just it's a head it's a hill that we actually sled ride on we are anyone that's grown up in this area the north fayette township hill we've sled ride there for like actually when i got to the top and started coming down it was like all these memories flashing through my head of being a kid yeah but i i was thinking like this is i was ready to drive away because i picked up the, the papers for the permit here i'm ready to drive away and i see the hill and i'm like oh man that'd be fun to like work out on that hill and I'm like, why don't I just go do it right now? And I'm like, no, go to the gym. It's air, air conditioning. And I'm like, nope, you got to get out there and run the hill. But I, I loved it because, like, I just like being on the grass, you know. You well, know. I think a lot of people lose sight of how much fun that was when they were a kid. Yeah. It's like you, you get tied up with kids and job and, you know, other people. And you forget about, hey, having fun is actually, like, a thing. Yeah, exactly. And I used to play all the time. And especially yeah. – I don't know about you, you're way younger than I am, but when I was a kid, I was out the door on my bike yeah. for hours. Yeah. And, you know, that was fun. Think so running up and down a hill yeah. that you sled, ro- right. sled road on, here we go, yeah. um, brought back memories of fun. Yeah. So you exactly. enjoyed it more. And so. I, th- I think that's actually what people love about the obstacle course racing. So just an opportunity to get off the couch and actually, you know, this fitness studio that we're launching we're calling it sweat bar. There's actually a lot of meaning behind that. We know that there's a social shift happening. One, millennials do not want to be in bars anymore. And millennials are not actually our complete target market. Right. Um, but we're actually more after the people that are kind of like the, you know, hitting a point in life where they're kind of saying, hey, think I'd like to maybe lose some weight or, you know, try to take control of my my life a little bit and yeah that was me 2011 yeah exactly i'm gonna and i'm gonna get to that because i want to kind of understand like how you even got into the obstacle course racing right but i I think for most people it's that it's that chance to like be a part of a community get off the couch and go have an experience it's all about experiences right so for us we call it sweat bar because we want to replace not replace but we're basically creating the new bar scene we want a place where people will come and socialize and be able to interact and have like friends that they're doing something with 
that's really meaningful and that they're having a good time. Yeah. And, it, and you don't have to be in a bar to be doing that. Right. I think a lot of people are looking for opportunities to have that experience after. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what brought you into obstacle course racing? How'd you get involved? What's the backdrop of 2011? All right, so 2011, I saw a picture of myself. Everything else is kind of, in my life, is kind of falling apart <laughs> wait, as well. Wait, wait, so, wait, wait. So, like, the picture of yourself in that present time, or were you looking at a picture of yourself, I was, like, years, years ago? I don't honestly know how far in the past that picture actually was. Yeah. I just remember looking at it and said, I didn't say dad, I did not say dad bod, but I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I don't want to look like this anymore. Right, all right. So. So then. I was well, like, I was probably, like, around 185, and. Uh, yeah. You know, nobody would have said I was like overweight. Right. But um, I was like, Ugh, I don't feel good. You know, thing, thing, other things are going on and yeah. just wasn't a happy time. So I'm like, I just started looking for things like how to change. So actually, before I found obstacle course racing, I found this book called The Primal Blueprint. And the author of that book um, really outlined everything scientifically that like just made sense to me and I'm like I can do this this makes perfect sense and then even the fitness component of it was easy I mean it's easy to do this simple fitness stuff I mean you don't need to kill yourself to you know start hedging in the right way then after let's see that was 2000 August 2011 um, I dropped 30 pounds in three months so I was down to 155 which Ironically, is what I am at right now. I was going to ask you, but that's you a whole now? nother, whole nother yeah. issue. Why I'm 155 now from yeah. then. But you know, I cleaned everything up, and then I'm, you know, as the winter went on, I'm like, you know, now I need something to to do. Like, and I I call them straight races. I couldn't go back to the straight races because my times when I was, you know, in college yeah. were sick. Right. I like ran a 34, 15, 10K. And so wait, hold yeah, on. That I had this conversation with Andrew <laughs> Wade. <laughs> and we were talking a little bit about Andrew before the show. Yeah. But so 5K time, what what was like your 5K time? I'd probably most somewhere in the 17s. Okay. Yeah. So then Maybe 10, dabbled in the 16s. But okay, yeah. I'm like, at like 24. Okay, yeah. so 10, 10K. Not, time's not what it's all about. I know, but 10K but, time, where, where were you at? 34.15 was the best one that I ever did. 34.15, 10K. Yeah. Okay, so. It was actually in Butler, and it was an out and back course, and I ran. So it was flat and went up this giant hill, and he came down the giant hill and finished flat, out and back. So I went up, I got to the top, and it was, I got there in 17.10, uh, I think. Turned around and did the rest of it in 17.05 going downhill so, so it wasn't that much faster coming down now that I think about it but, so um, wait a minute that was I, uh, <laughs> that was a high water mark <laughs> so a 10k is 6.2 miles yeah. right 24 6.24 right mm-hmm. um so the great race is coming up I'm training for it I'm actually so my cousin is, has cancer and I'm doing a fundraising event for her and running for it and I basically was giving people the opportunity to, to donate for the mileage that I train up until the race. So okay. if you donate a, a dollar a mile and I run 100 miles in training, then you would pay $100, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I thought that was the best way to do it. 
And it turns out that everyone just started like being really awesome and donating money. They're like, screw you're running. Like we're yeah. just gonna donate. Yeah. So but I did have a friend who he's he's running Ironmans, you know, the guy's just an absolute beast. Dustin Culp runner, I talk about him on here a lot. He showed up to my house in a pool party for a pool party. And, you know, all my guy friends were there and we're having like the, the beers and everything. And he's like, hey, I'm not going to give you a, like a dollar per mile because you're like, you got that Goggins thing every now and again. You'll just go run like 50 miles over the course of like three days. Yeah. So I'll pay 150 if you can do the 10K in under 48 minutes, which to me is impossible. I can't. I'm not. I'm not there. I'm gonna, I just need it. Well, you actually just need to train right away. Yeah. But I that's and, definitely and you for another show. That. And we're going to. It's definitely for another show. <laughs> We don't have time for that. No. We're, we're going to come back to that because <laughs> you did help me a lot in, like, preparing for that first Spartan race. And it was after we met during that free 130-person event that yeah. we all showed up for. Yeah, yeah. So we'll come back to that in a minute. But 48 is going to be really hard for me to hit. I mean, that's a sub-eight-minute mile for six miles. So to hear that you were at – what were you at, 34? 34.15, Yeah. That is insane to me. I can't even run five. Like, if I run five miles in under 40 minutes, I'm extremely happy. So, yeah. So okay. now you understand why when I got back into fitness after I was old, yeah. um, I'm like, I can't do straight races anymore. I like I'm how not... you call yourself old, though, because you don't look old. <laughs> I appreciate that. But that's that's probably from all the exercise and eating. Oh, yeah, it's probably mostly the eating. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's like, eh, I'm never going to be able to get the – well, I'm probably never going to be able to get down to 34 minutes again, 34.15. Right. So that was probably in the back of my head. I didn't, you know, consciously think, hey, yeah. I can't do this. But I was like, straight races are boring. Right. You know, just going out and running straight, boring. Yeah. So Unless you're winning, you know. But, true, but true. that's But that's me too. Like, yeah. I, you know, the marathon was like, great, I just want to complete it. But besides my mom telling everyone I took fourth place, she misunderstood. Yeah. I took 4,000 thumbs something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, at a pool, I'm at a pool party and someone was like, wait a minute, like, come here, Chad. Your mom's telling us about the marathon. And I get over there and I'm like, yeah, you know, I was training really hard, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, but you took fourth? I'm like, fourth? <laughs> and my mom's like, yeah, didn't you tell me you took fourth? And I'm like, mom. Fourth no. thousand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally, I was like in four thousand. But, you know, like next year, I, I want to run again just to try to break that time because, yeah. you know, I want to see how I do. But it's the same for me like it's getting you know uh, there's no point in trying to like beat times like I, I want more of the experience I want to be doing stuff with friends like right. this race you have coming up yeah. I'm super excited about it way more excited than the only thing I'm excited about for the great race is my buddy Dustin the guy the Ironman yeah. he's like well you're going to run a 48 minute and I'm going to pace you so I'm like dang man but us running together <laughs> I think it's going to be pretty awesome Yeah, that'd be um, cool. but besides that like it's like Woohoo, you know, we're at yeah. six miles through Pittsburgh and, right. you know, um, eight minute per mile. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so I just started looking for things online and, you know, Spartan popped up on an ad one day and yeah, that was like February and I did the first, my first Spartan race in um, July, which was, if anybody has done any Spartan races, my first race was at Palmerton, which is the eastern side of Pennsylvania, which is, they used to call it the the mini beast because it was at that time it was just as hard almost just as hard as the vermont beast where it kind of like you know spartan was born yeah so i got up i ran that thing 
I don't know if I actually ran it or not, but I feel like I ran it. And then at the end, I'm finishing and I'm like, I could do this again. It was yeah. like such a high when I came off that mountain, even though it was the hardest, complete hardest thing I've ever, I've ever done up to that point before. Yeah. I just finished and I'm like, oh, I want to do this again. My friend gave me a beard. I took two sips and I'm like, eh, I don't like beer. Yeah. <laughs> Nursed it for like two hours. And then, yeah, that was the first race. So you said that was the beast, right? Palmerton was just a sprint. Oh, okay. So let's they call it the mini beast because it's on a it's on a ski mountain. Okay. So it's yeah, you're like, going up a mountain. Yeah. Um, so let's not a, not on a chairlift. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could ride the chairlift up. I just did not ride the chairlift up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had to run up. So because I was really confused by this. So the the sprint is usually like three to five miles, right? right? And then the I've never seen a sprint under four miles though. So okay. they say three to five, but yeah. So Pretty right around right. four miles. And yeah. then the um, Super, is that next? Yeah. That's advertised as like eight to nine miles. Okay. And then the Beast is how many miles? I think they're advertising it now as 12 plus, but it, okay. they have marathon And they have opens at all of them, right? So like yeah, if, yeah. If you've never, totally. if you haven't exercised in 30 years, you can still sign up for the, the Beast open oh, yeah. and just go have yeah. fun, right? For 12 miles. One of my favorite jobs that I had when I was at Spartan was doing the sweep, which I would go out with the last people. Yeah. It would change as the race went on, but just, you know, listening to their stories yeah. of how they got there. Oh, that's awesome. Some people were like roped into it by somebody else. Yeah. And they didn't know what they were getting themselves into. Some people were just trying to prove something to themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a million different reasons, but it was always super awesome. And I still, you know, talk to some of those people. You should, you should write a book about that. Seriously. In all my, in all my spare time. <laughs> When you're not building obstacle course races, like you should literally, like that would be a really, just call the book like The Sweep and talk about the inspirational stories because you saw the two women that finished the marathon together, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they were like, they finished around seven hours or something like that. They met during the marathon right. and kind of kept each other going. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, there's got to be so many inspiring stories that you kind of, like, that's how the humans of New York kind of came to be, right? The guy yeah. wanted to be a photographer, but then he actually started talking to the people. Right. And they started just telling him all of these things, and then he published them, and next thing you know, you have the number one website in the world. Humans in New York is huge now, right? Like, right. hundreds of millions of people are tuning into that. That would be, that'd be cool. I'd like to actually, like, dig into some of the stories. We don't have to do it now. Yeah. Because I don't want to put you at the spot of, like, trying to remember what, like... You know, Rose told you during the last mile. There was a lot. Yeah. A lot of different, myriad of different stories. Yeah. But. So I want to talk about the, the, how you actually went from looking at the picture. So you bought the book. Because I, I think this is important because I think a lot of people are at this point in their life where they're trying to figure out how to get the motivation or the inspiration or whatever to just change and to mm. go, go down a different path. So... You picked up a book, you read it, you said, okay, from a, the primal nutrition piece, that, that was like, because of that was based on a lot of science, that made a lot of sense to you, yeah. and, that, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, but then the fitness piece was kind of intriguing. You saw a Facebook, or you saw an ad for um, a Spartan race and said, I'm just going to go do that. Is that, that's literally just how it happened? Did you start training for the Spartan race? I was just like, hey, that looks cool, Yeah. and it's not straight, and you get to do a bunch of different stuff. And right. Just signed up for it. How long? Mostly blindly, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. How long had it been? Be like so, your days of running thirty-four minute ten Ks and the Spartan race. Like how many years in between was that? 
Oh, a lot. So, thirty-four fifteen was the year before I went to um, college. So that was nineteen eighty-nine. Yeah. So, so two thousand eleven. Yeah, two thousand eleven. Yeah. So in between that time, two yeah. little people came along. Yeah. And when you got little people. They monopolize your time. Right. And for most people, which is probably why your target audience is what, what it is, is yeah. like you have kids and they kind of like monopolize your time. You forget about yourself. Right. And that's probably yeah. the worst thing we can do is like yeah, just lose sight of ourselves. Go. Yeah. You've got to take care of yourselves before you can take care of anybody else really yeah. well. That, that was so. me, literally. Like I remember telling myself, because I'm such an involved dad, like I just play with my daughter nonstop. But my energy levels were low, so I started like not being able to really want to play with her. Like I right. just was tired all the time, and I'm like, you know, I need to figure out how to take care of me. Right. And that 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 goes beyond me just having energy to play with her, or you know, me being healthy and being around more and being more attentive. It it's it's actually stuff that she's picking up on now, right? Like she sees me, there's a moment that I'll never forget. I was in the middle of a workout and afterwards I kind of like just died and like passed out on my basement floor. And she walked over to me and she like stood above me just looking down and she's like, dad, you're a beast. And I'm like, (laughs) I love that. You know, like the fact that she's watching this and like, she'll try to work out with me and, you know, she'll ask like the waitress for something healthy, you know, like she's, She's really into the whole, and that's why we're so excited to launch this fitness studio. Yeah. She's going to be such a big, this is going to be like her upbringing, you know? So 22 years go by and you're like, this looks cool. I'm just going to go do it. Did you train for it? Or did you just go out there and run 12 miles? Um, Up a ski slope. (laughs) I think I was, you know, looking back on it, you know, I probably was just doing not a ton of stuff. I mean, I didn't kill the race. I finished it. Right. But most people, like, their hardest thing they've ever done was just to finish it. I had been doing, before I found the race, just, like, simple things like um, push-ups, yeah. pull-ups, squats, you know, nothing major. Right. So I yeah. didn't really do m- many other things. Was there an obstacle that was really hard? Do you have an obstacle weakness is, like, the, the arrow throw? <laughs> Or whatever that is. <laughs> well, the fun, the funny thing about like, so I ran like elite two years. So I think it was 2013, 2014, and I was like top 150 male Spartan, you know, in That's the point standings. How old were you at the time? If you don't mind me asking. Like an easy birthday. It's 70, so that would have been um, like 2013, 42, 43, and 43. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. were in the top 100, 100 150 in the point series. Yeah. Wow. So, for the elite men's yeah. division. For Spartan yeah. races. It was a little different then, but still, it's, yeah. you know. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. But anyway, one year, I hit the spear every time. Nailed it. Every single race. I probably did 10, 15 races. Yeah, that's the one that gets everyone, right? Yeah. And the next year, I couldn't hit, Any of them. you know, the broad side of a barn. And just for the listeners that have never even, like, seen or heard of a Spartan race, that's where you actually throw a spear and you have to hit a target. And if it doesn't hit a target, you fail that obstacle and you have to do 30 burpees. Yeah, 30 burpees. Yeah. So for my race, we're out to have fun, so I'm not going to penalize you with burpees. So, yeah. you know, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, At so, least not the first year. <laughs> so I, I've actually told this story before, but that one Spartan race that I did last year, there was one obstacle that I could not do. 
and the, the spear wasn't there, so we didn't have the spear throw. Yeah. But there was the rope climb, and like we were talking about, I didn't know how to climb rope yeah. using my legs. Right. Like the J-hook or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I, I had an old um, friend that used to work with me, and he was in the Army for like 15, 16 years, 16 years. Gary, what's up if you're listening? He's a machine, but he was trying to teach me like just by showing me how to do the rope climbs. Right. So I get on the rope and I just climb it all arms, like not using legs or yeah. J-hooks or anything. So I'm going however high, 20 feet in the air, just all arms. In that particular course, you had to loop through it twice. So I had to do each obstacle two times. Ooh. Yeah, so it was a two-mile <laughs> two loop. So so I, so I did that. If the rope climbs your kryptonite and you got to do it twice, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Well, that I passed. But my arms were shot, and the next one was the rings that you had to climb. Oh, yeah. And my worst – so I did a workout my whole life called the Look Good Naked Workout where okay. I got on a Chuck Norris machine. You ever see those things at Total Gym? Huh. Well, they're, if you stay up at like 3 in the morning and watch infomercials, you'll see the Total okay. Gym. But Probably not. I got like go to bed. I'm like go to bed at <laughs> 8. you get off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so <laughs> – Basically, um, it does all kind of muscle groups, but I used it exclusively for like just doing chest. Okay. And you know, even when I would go into gyms, I would only work out chest by shoulders. Yeah. I would never work out back. I would never work out legs, and I'd rarely work out like core the way that you should work out core. Like I, I could just see you walking hands. around in a room, yeah. like shimmying around the side, just so nobody looks at your back <laughs> or your rear end. Yeah. It's like, hey, exactly. I got a good front, but don't look back there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it jacked me. It jacked me up really bad because. Like I started, so I, I started going to physical therapy and I had the best physical therapist in the world if anyone's looking for one, but I went through a couple and I hated them all and then I finally got to this one and she actually is the wife of a good friend of mine, Ronnie Tarquinio with the high school. Um, so anyway, like I, I just realized like I'm really, you know, humped for So I, now I'm trying to work a lot on back strength, but I don't, I didn't have good back strength. So this, this ring climb or whatever, you know, the swings yeah. with the rings. Right. Um, and it was wet out, not to make excuses, but I just slipped off like right away, you yeah. know, and it was getting everyone. Everyone was like off to the side doing right. burpees. So you got to do 30 burpees and I had to do it twice. So I failed twice. It was the only obstacle I failed, but I had to do 60 burpees. Well, Katie caught me on video right after the second round of burpees <laughs> and I go to jump like this puddle and I'm exhausted. So I like, don't, I don't make it and I land in the puddle and I'm climbing out of this puddle and I post that video. And someone was like, man, you look like an old, tired dog. And I got so <laughs> mad at that comment. Like, they weren't trying to be mean. Yeah. But I'm like, ah, oh, that just drove me crazy. But anyway, I want to go back to, so we met at the 150-person event. And that actually is very symbolic to me because it has a lot of, like, play into this fitness studio. Yeah. When I showed up, I was so nervous. Like, I was really scared. I was doing insanity workouts, but I had never been in a group like this. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I thought, like, there was going to be all these Spartan warriors there that were just, like, ready to kill someone. And <laughs> literally, when I got out of the car, I said, your only job is to sweat. If you sweat, you did a good job. Yeah. Which is our whole theme for the Sweat Bar Fitness Studio, right? right? So. We want people to feel really comfortable. It doesn't matter. Like, go at your own pace. If you leave sweating, we did our job, you did your job. But it, it all stems back to that one day that I got out of the car and the whole experience was like, I was just really nervous. But then we had the workout, I stuck around afterwards, I met you and you're like, well, you know, if you're gonna do the Spartan race, come you know, train with me a little bit. And I came and you 
you kicked my butt. <laughs> you basically had me doing exercise I had never done. I remember like on my knees crawling, not on my knees, but like doing, what, what were those called? Bear crawls. Yes. Yeah. The bear crawls. Killing me. So I, I didn't feel like I was killing you. So that was not the intent. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean to sound like that, but you kicked my butt and then I, I went and did the Spartan race as best I could, but during that training, you talked to me about eating and nutrition and how you, you kind of follow the primal nutrition. I want to dig into that a little bit, um, but before I do, you gave me a story where you had a hurt foot, so you were wearing sandals during a race. Yeah. The, the, the ones you're wearing right now. Right? Yeah, keen sandals. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think you said something to the effect of like the you hadn't eaten the day before the race and then you went and raced in sandals 12 miles and all you had was a little bit of salt just for electrolytes i would assume or some something yeah pretty much I, i've been um the primal fitness eating lifestyle talks about being fat adapted so you were talking about that before we started the show like right you know your friends your friend said andrew was it yeah andrew, andrew Lee, yeah. said well are you carb adapted or, or keto or are you you know, carb loading. Right. So, um, the really nice thing about you know being primal is that I'm fat adapted. So, what, my body knows that it's getting food intermittently, so it can just eat off of itself. Basically, I mean right. that's like boiling it down to the yeah the bare bones. So, I get to five o'clock the day before, and I'm like, eh, you know, screw it. I'm going to go and do this raise. I'm not going to eat anymore. I'm going to go in fasted and just... My goal was to be just as happy as when I, when I finished as when I started. Yeah. So you know, I didn't eat the, um, the night before. Um, I really <clears throat> try only to use uh, Himalayan pink salt. Yeah. No caking agents or stuff, anything like that. Right. So I, I literally just stuck a plastic baggie with like people would say insignificant amount of salt in it yeah in my you know shorts and then i just you know left for the race so <laughs> got there and i don't think i that day i don't i don't think i even started until 11 so it wasn't like i was out like you know with the first dogs i was like right you know yeah. it was later in the race yeah so i had my you know sandals on because um i had surgery after that on you know on the heel which was causing me a lot of pain then Right. And I didn't want to put too much pressure on it, so I wore these sandals so everything wouldn't be rubbing up against it yeah. um, to save myself. So I went through the whole race. I was happy the whole time. I had a blast talking to people. I mean, I was able to, like, look at the scenery, and, you know, I met this guy that was into nutrition. We talked for, you know, I don't know how long. Could have been... During the race? During the race, yeah. We are talking nutrition during the race, and, you know... Everybody's basically carb loading and yeah. <laughs> whatever. And I was telling them what I was doing. And then I pretty much did all the obstacles until the very end. I, I got to Olympus, um, which is where you got to kind of like hang on the chains. You got to you know, put your body at, you know, a 90 degree angle to stay on the wall and then go across it sideways. Okay. So, and you use chains and holes and stuff. And it was muddy. <laughs> And I have these Keens on that have, you know, no tread on them at all. And I slipped off of that one. Oh, so I did man. 30 burpees for that. And I think the next one, I don't even remember what the next obstacle was. Um, all I remember is doing the burpees for the next obstacle and, and like, okay, 
I'm doing this, I have you know, no food in me, I'm just eating myself. And these people are going through and they're just skipping their burpees going in. I wasn't mad about it because, yeah. you know, I know people do that all the time. But it's like, I'm going to do my burpees. That's what I'm here for. I'm not yeah. going to like fake my way through the race. Right. Did my 30 burpees. Yeah. Weren't the prettiest burpees in the world, but, yeah. you know, I made it. And sure. I got done. And I took, you know, I took my phone with me. So I took selfies at the end. And yeah, that's cool. I was super happy. And then we went to eat. And it was seven o'clock by the time we got to the restaurant. And I was like, I don't even need to eat. Right. You know, yeah. still good. Yeah, I, I did actually. Eat. I did eat, but <laughs> I didn't need to eat. <laughs> I mean, just to kind of give you a comparison uh, or give the listeners a comparison, maybe. I, so I did a 24 hour fast yesterday, just kind of like a detox cleanse. Yeah. I wanted to just, you know, let my body kind of fast and relax and um, everything, like not just from like an eating perspective but I just I, I didn't exercise I just wanted to really kind of rest yeah which I you know is amazing today like is one of the like I feel better today than I felt a long time I'm not gonna yeah. say it was because of that I don't know what it is right. I'm actually taking some we're, we're testing some of the supplements right now for that we want to have as like shots to give out gotcha. after class and stuff like that um, and they're like the greens and the um, right. the beat the beat you know we're mm-hmm. kind of doing mixtures and stuff but I feel amazing but yesterday, like I was, I was really bad all day. So just trying to fast, you know, cause I'm not, you know, I'm not fat adapted and we'll, we should talk about what that even means. But I, I'm assuming that means that your body is not using sugar as a fuel source. It's actually burning fat as a fuel source, right. which is the same thing as being in a state of ketosis. You well, know, it's, like, it's ish. I mean, okay. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's ish. So how does it work? You're... I'm actually going, I'm trying to get like, train myself on nutrition. <laughs> so uh, hopefully I learn more and more of this stuff, but I, I learned a lot talking to Andrew Wade. Uh, you know, I wanna learn a lot talking to you. How does your, you know, your body is basically using sugar as its primary fuel source, unless you change your diet and then you change it in a way where you're not giving it sugar. So it has to change and use some other, something else for its fuel source. So it starts to use fat and then because it's using fat, you can use your own body fat, which is why, you know, Andrew even said this, if you're, if you're in a state of ketosis, you know, and your body's actually using fat as the fuel source, you could run, I don't know how many miles he said, like hundreds of miles without needing anything to eat. If you're not doing that and you're using sugar as your fuel source or carbs, you're going to need carbs like every three miles during the marathon because you're going to start to run out. It burns it and then you're gone. So you have to train your body to do it. Right. Fat adapted is basically meaning that your body does not always need something external feeding it. It can actually utilize the fat stores that you have in your body to feed itself. A lot of times I have to force myself to have lunch because you just go. Yeah. Just go. So the general rule of thumb that we use with in, you know, primal lifestyle and coaching and stuff is like under 50 grams of carbs a day would be in the keto range okay and 50 to 100 is kind of like the fat adapted range okay so you're not like a total carb snob oh okay but you know there's some people that do carnivore diet too so i mean it's it is you know i don't know if you would necessarily say it's genetic but some people operate you know differently on different things but yeah and i so i've actually had people say that they're doing like carb light diets 
Um, I I actually don't think that they're. I think they're actually just eating normal. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think people got so used to eating so much more than they actually need that when they cut back on carbs, they think that they're on a diet, but they're actually eating the normal portions that you should eat. Yeah, right? probably. So, like I, you know, I, I kind of caution people where they say like, I'm on a real carb light diet, you know, um, because like to your point, if you want to go real light, you know, the zero to 50, you're kind of in the keto, you know, yeah. area. And then you guys are sort of in the 50 to 100, yeah. which is not a lot <laughs> at all, right? Yeah. Um, and then anything over 100 is basically like, you know, but I, I mean. But I most was, Americans are getting 250 to 300 grams a day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, and then this is, this is just a funny side note. I, I um, think even maybe more than that. Like, I, I know I eat a lot more than that a day. Could yeah. be. Yeah. Just a funny side note, my mom is, um, shout out to my mom. <laughs> She's like, you and Elliot need to eat You more. had so much fun doing that. I know. She'll I never, wish everyone could She'll have never listen. <laughs> she'll yeah. never listen, but um, I told her, she she was complaining, like, you and Elliot look, Elliot's my son, you guys look so skinny. Yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, we're just used to seeing people that are overweight all the time right so we're conditioned to like say oh you know yeah. that person like looks really skinny but maybe yeah. they're like maybe the right bmi like i'm right yeah. in the middle i've had so people, i've had people tell me that like when i when i would be running really hardcore and, and i'd i'd lose a little bit of weight or be eating really really healthy and clean people would be like you look sick like you actually look like you're you know you don't look good you look better when you have some meat on you and like you're kind of like not even like muscular just kind of beefed up a little bit yeah you know like the girls saying they like the dad bod on the interview um mm. i don't you know like i i'm thinking <laughs> this is the healthiest i've ever been in my life and you're telling me i look like i'm sick i got the um, most energy ever and it's like right you know yeah, yeah. so too skinny Come so on. what is, is there is there a hard process like i when people think about cutting out carbs, even me, uh, you know, I've had a lot of these kind of conversations. I thought about a lot still to this day. When I think about cutting out carbs, it's like, ah, there's no way, you know. And mo there's a lot of elite athletes who will say, no way. Like yeah, I need, I need they're carbs. totally sugar adapted. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so how does what is the pro? Like, can people <laughs> just stop eating carbs? And like, how long does it take before you? start to be okay with that like your body well i mean i went 24 hours yesterday yeah. i was ready to murder someone um <laughs> I, I wasn't eating anything right though. right um, i mean you could still be sugar adapted too who knows right so yeah. i mean you definitely have to i mean there's something called a keto flu yep so that's when you like go hardcore keto right away yep so in the primal lifestyle thing we don't recommend doing that because who wants to be sick yeah even if you're trying to go to a healthy place and you know, sick to healthy, which doesn't even make sense. Right. But, um, you know, to go fat adapted first and then squeak down to the keto range if that's where you need to go. Yeah. And like you said before, I don't know if this was on the show or not, but you said that some people have conditions where they need to be keto. Right. So I don't need to be keto. Yeah. I am super happy where I am. Yeah. I eat like food that actually looks like food. And I think that's where everybody should start. Yeah. Um, I always tell people cheeses don't grow on trees, so you know what's in them. Who knows? Right. So yeah, but you know what lettuce is, right? Avocado yeah. looks like an avocado. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Pepsi. Who knows what that is? Yeah, you probably can't even pronounce half the stuff that's in that. But um, 
I have a good friend that's a personal trainer, and he actually said, like, you know, a baked potato, you know, that's right out of the ground. Like, eat that, <laughs> you know. Um, it wouldn't be good for the people that are not trying to, like, you know, get the carbs. But yeah. for me, it was like, you know, it's probably one of the best things that you, you can eat. Um, but going back to the keto and the flu, you know, I kind of understood that as the the switch your brain basically is switching yeah and saying okay well we're not getting enough sugar to fuel the body body so we gotta, right. we gotta switch in and to fat and it makes you feel like really really sick and crappy for a day or two who wants that yeah <laughs> i never want to feel crappy yeah as far as like from what i'm eating yeah so That's you're kind sure. of in you're you're in between the spectrum man you're like there's the carb people and then there's the keto people and then you're kind of like yeah. Fat adapted is bliss. Yeah. Because you don't need to like schedule feedings or anything. Yeah. Right. Just eat what eat when and what you want. What you want, but Right. I'm I'm at the point where I like I, I don't wanna <clears throat> say it was Andrew. Like I wanna give him credit if it was him that told me. Um but I also don't wanna like say something that he would have never said. But there was something to the effect of that the whole medical condition. So people you know, at some point there was a guy or a girl, you know, that that couldn't lose hundreds of pounds and they were they were overweight and they were really struggling. Yeah. They tried every diet in the world and then realized that they had some sort of medical condition. Right. So they put them on this ketogenic diet. They take sugar out of the body. They switch them to be, you know, completely fat source as their fuel source. And... The keto all, source, yeah. Yeah, the keto source. All of a sudden the person starts losing tons of weight so everyone sees that and says, oh, the person that couldn't lose any weight, you know, now lost all this weight, I should do that diet too. And yeah. then and then it becomes mainstream and then people make documentaries about it and right. everything else. And next next thing you know, keto is like the word that, you know, yeah. everyone's saying, I want to be keto, I want to be keto, I want to be keto. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if being careful is the right word, but you just need to understand what you're really doing and the reason behind why you're doing it because there are people with medical conditions that absolutely need to have the right type mm -hmm. of diets and even intermittent fasting. I didn't release the second part of Andrew's conversation, but he talks about intermittent fasting where what most people think of as intermittent fasting is not actually what the clinicians think of as yeah, intermittent right. fasting. You know, he's like, what they're doing is just a smart way to eat, you know, like <laughs> right. spread, spread out their meals. Um, With fancy terms to make you think that yeah. you're doing something special, but it's how you should be doing it anyway. Exactly. So the the primal, is that nutrition and – so is there like a certification that you get to be a – Yeah, I'm a primal health coach. Okay. So, yeah. And it's it's the nutritional side and it's the fitness side. It's, it's lifestyle. Okay. So it's everything. Yeah. It's uh, – you know, we, we talked about before – about play, so there's play involved. Yeah. There's the sun's involved. Um, sleep Wait, is a how, big component. How is the sun involved? <laughs> well, you need vitamin D, right? Okay. So yeah. you need to be out in the sun yeah. to get that vitamin D. Right. Otherwise, you know, we have to get it from hopefully good sources. What would you say to someone that like refuses to go into the sun? <laughs> I've, well, I've I would recommend this. staying in the sun like completely, you know, buff for right. twenty hours. But I mean, Katie, Katie. Like she, she does everything she can to stay out of the sun, and she wears like, I mean, we have sunblock that people have never even seen. <laughs> it's like all organic from another country, literally. Like she has to find people to try to. Uh, I had a buddy that his family was coming in from England, and she was trying to get them to bring in lotion, oh like you have them smuggle lotion. Um, but 
Yeah. 15, 15 minutes a day, you know, is fine. Yeah. But you need that, right? Like how, is there another way to get it besides taking I mean, you can get a little bit of, of your food. Yeah. Um, you can supplement it, but you just got to be careful with supplements depending on what they jam in it. So is that a part of your coaching program? Like if you were to coach someone, you're going to be talking to them about primal nutrition, fitness, and then sun. And then yeah, play. What is play? Like, like recreation? Having fun. Oh, yeah. okay. Because yeah. remember we talked about we lose sight of that because we got all these all these things going on. Right. And that's why probably most a lot of people go to Spartan because it's like you're going back to when you're yeah. five years old jumping on playground. Equipment. I should call you out on that though because you – you seem like you're too busy to play. Are you too busy to play right now? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm pretty, like a very busy person. I'm pretty much busted on that. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're here playing. This is so. Of- so if we rewind, let's say ten months ago, yeah. I was playing ultimate frisbee. That's my play. Okay. So cool. since I had the surgery last November, I'm kind of sidelined on that. Yeah. And until I can sprint, you can't play ultimate frisbee. It's right. impossible. So I was playing every Sunday night. What? So is that like a league? Yeah, it's um, Pittsburgh has a Pittsburgh Ultimate. Okay. So they have like I don't know all the leagues, but there's like a hat league where people that are like serious about competitive. Yeah. Um, go into. I usually play a casual league because, to be honest, last fall, um, the next youngest person was 15 years younger than me. Yeah. So, I am more than happy, you know, to be able to keep up with those kids. Oh, and yeah. my son played on team too, and he's eighteen. Oh, that's so awesome. If I can keep up with those kids, I feel pretty good about myself. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as far as playing goes. Yeah. So. Oh, for sure. So hopefully, you know, I really wanted to play this fall, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen because I can't sprint yet. But hopefully, in the spring, I can get back to it. That's yeah. definitely my play. So I, my that's my that's the favorite game I've ever played in my life. Ultimate frisbee. Oh my gosh! Yeah. How, like how many people are on a team? So seven people can be on the field at one time. Okay. So basically there's like most people are familiar with football. So there's like a kickoff. Yeah. But you have to obviously you can't kick it. So you throw it to the other team and then you just gotta pass it down the field to the end zone. Okay. And then if you can pass it all the way without it getting, you know, dropped or defended or yeah. thrown out of bounds, then you score a point. Okay. But the tricky part about it, and the reason why you have to be in like super good shape, is because you know on a turnover, it immediately goes to the other team, and then they go. if they're fast they and they send three on. people down, yeah. they score like it's easy. So what if like I'm going out and you throw the frisbee to me, but I'm being covered and I actually catch it? Like, what does the person defending me then do? Do they like tackle me, or do they just like now they're no, trying so, to stop me from throwing it? To yeah, else? so there's no referees, and you, you have to give the person space in between. Okay. I don't know exactly how much space. Let's just say two feet. Okay. I never played, like, hardcore competitive, so I don't know specifically about those particular right. rules, but you got to give them a buffer so they can okay. throw it. Yeah. But you can be pretty close. All right. And yeah. your goal is to defend it. Yeah, sure. Because as soon as it hits the ground, it's a turnover. Yeah. And you can oh, go. okay. Yeah, so if you don't catch it, the other And if you're fast, game. you're, like, yeah. golden. Yeah. Especially awesome. me, like I'm, like, yeah, old compared to all those other kids. So wow, well, yeah, you but you can keep up with a, them. Yeah, I have a little, little advantage because they all know each other, and I'm kind of like a little bit of an unknown because I haven't been there that long. Yeah. So, but that's and fun. when I can run, I got some wheels. And you get to play with your son, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, that was that was probably the best. Yeah. So we never, he's not really into sports, but he really liked playing that ultimate. So. Yeah. 
I mean, that's like for me, you know, being able to get into racquetball, like I love that, you know, just because yeah. it wasn't the traditional sport. But uh, yeah, I met a lot of friends. We we pow together like Tuesday nights and just, yeah. you know, um, well, there was. Oh, league, I forgot you know. one thing. Yeah. So I do bird watch, although that's not an intensive play activity. You told me that. It's not I, an intensive play activity, yeah. but it gets me out, you know, looking at things You're still and doing walking that? around. Oh, yeah. Every, sometimes every day, but yeah. at least every weekend. You told me about this, and you were telling me a story about a certain type of bird that you saw. I can't remember exactly, but I just remember thinking, like, wow. <laughs> like, so what's the process of bird watching? Do you drive to, like, long distances and you um, know, Sometimes, like, them? last weekend I was at um, Indiana, PA. There's a place called Yellow Creek. Okay. So shorebirds are migrating now, so there was a bunch of shorebirds there, so... Just identifying shorebirds. I'm not really good at shorebirds, but but there's great. something that you do, right? You like take their picture and you upload it to something, and then is that yeah. So there's a there's a website up? called eBird, okay. and that's where you can dump all your data. Okay. So I'm a numbers person, and everything on this evil program, like catalogs, like what county you've seen them in. So yeah, that's I have a was, county yeah. number for like every county that I've been to. Then there's state numbers, then there's like life lists or all the birds you've ever seen. So it gets crazy <laughs> in my mind when I start thinking about numbers. <laughs> so, so you basically have a record of you know every every single place that you've been to, the birds that you saw, and it can be broken down by like county, by state, by even by like the spot that it was seen wow. in. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So what do you do after you see the bird? Um, there's an app. I just put it on the app and. But I mean, for you, goes. like, what is that like? Just the moment? It's like you're trying to, like, are you, are you hunting? Like, not hunting, but are you kind of like, you're trying to figure out where they are and you're walking through, or do you, or are you just kind of like in the woods and then as you see birds, you're like, oh, that's a, you know, X, Y, or Z. Like, is it? Are you going specifically for certain birds and trying to find them, or are you just like taking? Yeah, because remember the all these numbers things. There's also yeah. like a year list. Okay. So all the ones that you've seen this year. So it's right. like, okay, in January first, everything goes to zero, and you're like devastated because yeah. now you got to see all the birds again right. in all these different areas. Yeah. But I mean, there's still a catalog and a life list and stuff. But. But are you actually like going after? certain birds and going to specific locations look at them or are you just sometimes in the woods and being like okay i hope i see you no sometimes like this only happened over the last year and a half but um there's something called the rare bird alert okay i'm really geeking out right now <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome so, man yeah so th there might be like um so th there's a duck called a harlequin duck a what Harlequin duck. A harlequin. 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 Like okay. whatever. Harlequin, yeah. Yeah. Whatever that is. Like the Harlequin series. Yes. So that was like up in Armstrong County. So yes. there was alert, an alert. Yeah, there was an alert came who, in and said who sends the alert? Whoever. Well, eBird does it actually because once. Oh, so someone else sees it and they alert all the yeah, other birds. Yeah. Well, the the programs that how you many, sign up. There, how many of you are out there? There is a lot. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. This yeah. is fascinating. There's so, nerds okay. everywhere. Bird so, nerds. Yeah. So they. So then, you know, I would. That was in February. <laughs> February. So we. I'd run up to. So all the bird watchers. Katanning. We're all at Katanning, the thriving metropolis of Katanning, trying to find this harlequin duck. Did, 
Do you like? Do you guys all get out of your car at the same time? Because you all gotta learn. <laughs> you're like, no, usually it's like super sporadic, and it's like, yeah, you're hoping that somebody's already there looking at it. Um, so you why are to, you hoping that? So you don't have to search around too long. Oh, so you I went up three times for this yeah. stupid bird, and Did before you see I saw it. Three it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you saw it. Yeah. Oh, that's gotta be pretty awesome. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So my dad and I were going to Salt Fork, Ohio, for a 10.4 mile trail run. And we saw some birds and we're like fascinated by them. I don't know what they were. They look like eagles. But um, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Then this year when we went back, we were looking for them again in that same spot. But it was cool. It like, you know, I remember yeah. that. I'll remember that forever. But that had to be pretty re- rewarding, like three times and then boom. Yeah. Well, one funny story about obstacle course racing and birding, which probably has never been said in the same sentence before. So when we're. Um, <laughs> So we're doing the videotape for the first promotional video, which is on, like, the event page. Yeah. That's the one with, like, the really cool, like, nightmare music in the background. Yeah, and there's, like, the, it's, like, the scary, two like, women boom. are in it. Yeah. And they're, like, helping each other over the yeah. wall. So yeah. shout out to Laurie and Molly. Cool. Um, yeah. Who I accidentally call Holly sometimes. And I really apologize for that. But so we're going down to the place where we're going to tape. And I'm like, oh, there's that, there's that, there's that. Because I can identify birds by sound, too. And they're, like cracking up because they're like we're going to do this taping and this guy is just like naming all these birds yeah as we're going down that's awesome so yeah that's cool so molly can't even look at me without like cracking up like i I (laughs) dare to (laughs) dare to ask this like how many birds are out there that you've never seen well there's like ten thousand species in the world okay so there's a lot yeah does it bother you that there's a certain bird that you haven't seen yet like, is there one that you're really like after? Like all the 9,500 I haven't seen yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Not like a specific one that you're really after? No, whatever comes. Yeah. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I, I actually, I don't I don't even know if I know the name of, like, the species of one bird. I'm, like doves, I know dove. Everybody knows bald eagle. Bald eagle. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any, like, I, I know the cardinals. Yeah. yeah, Northern Cardinal. So okay. I call it the right name now. Okay. Northern Cardinal. Okay. And there's a red cardinal, right? Well, that's them. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. It's all right. So hey. this is a fascinating subject. But yes. yes. Um, well, cool. So elite Spartan racer slash bird watcher. And ultimate Frisbee player. And ultimate Frisbee player. Yeah. And primal coach. You got a lot going on. I guess. Yeah. So I, um, I guess I'm the... I would say um, I would really like to meet somebody that plays ultimate frisbee and is a bird watcher and, is, and does Spartan races. What do you mean, like the date? No, like a person who would actually, <laughs> no, not to date, just like to meet somebody that would like do all three of those things that would be, like who does that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody. Oh yeah, you're extremely unique for sure. Like in, I don't, I don't need to be things. unique, but yeah. I mean it's, no, it is. it'd be I mean, kind of funny. That's really cool, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think about that all the time because I like I, I dip my toes into some weird stuff. Like, not racquetball is not weird. There's actually some really good, you know, like I mean, there's, that's good competition. But yeah. a lot of people don't play, you know, racquetball. So I keep trying to find out more stuff like that. That's like stuff I'm really interested in and just was never exposed to. I talk right. about it all the time on the show proximity limitations. Like, you only know what you know. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out all the stuff out there that I don't know. You know, even like what we're building here, the, the circuit training, like, I think a lot of people that have never done this type of fitness are going to be like, wow, this is awesome. Because it's a totally different experience for yeah. them, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally after that. Um, 
too. That's cool, man. That's cool that you're into all of it. Um, so just the, keep my mind active. That's yeah. important. <laughs> so what is the? You're still with JCC, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's the role there? The rule? Yeah. So like, what's your position there? Are you? Oh, oh, this? my role. Yeah. Um, I'm the fitness coordinator okay. at the South Hills building. But that's for all the people that actually have memberships, right? So you're not doing. Are you doing the primal training there? And um, I can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you can through. It, it's a different. Um, it's a different, really different way of thinking. Right. So. Yeah. And I, mean, are you, are I, you, I, I train some people like on the outside too. Yeah. That I've had for a long time. So. I knew you did that. So yeah. my friend Pam, she's been my real estate agent for like probably like twelve years. Um, we bought like six properties together or something like that. Uh, she was, you know, I didn't even know this, but she was training with yeah, you. Yeah, we, we trained yeah. for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That was fun. Yeah, yeah. she's coming to the Spartan. That's race. awesome. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun. It's gonna be cool. We got a good group. Corinne's coming. Um, She's, you know, like she's the one that got me to go do the 10.4 mile trail runs because right. she just started doing them and, you know, threw it out there. I actually went to Salt Fork when I was a kid with the, um, there was a family, the Jeremitas, um, that I was friends with. And I, I used to go up there with them. Their family went every single year. So it was like a trip down memory lane when I found out there was, that's another cool thing about these though, is they like kind of take you places, you know? Oh yeah. I, I tell people that do, when I was working for them, you know, don't lose sight of where you are. It's like, especially, you know, my, one of my favorite races in Vermont. Yeah. I mean, you could see Mount Washington in New Hampshire from Wait, the top of the Was it Killington? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I yeah. skied Killington. It was amazing. Yeah, well, imagine going up it like three no, or four times no. with your legs. Three or four times? <laughs> At least. I don't know. Yeah. Holy cow, man. <clears throat> yeah, the first um, the first hill when I did it um, was K1. If, I don't know if you remember K1 or not. No. Yeah, it's like, woo, right Straight, up, yeah. right underneath the wow um, thing that yeah. takes people up. What's it called? Right. Chairlift. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, don't lose sight of where you are. I mean, the place where we're having the race doesn't have, like, fantastic vistas, but yeah, you never know that you're in the middle of Monroeville. Right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and it's just it's a, really lot, cool. it's a lot yeah. of fun to be in the woods. Yeah. You know, like you said, it's like bringing back the childhood. And right. I, I can't wait to put Ally in it. You know, because there's the kids' race, yeah. and I'm gonna sign her up for the 9:30, the four to eight every year, okay, yeah, like that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Corinne actually signed up, I think, her son for the the nine o'clock. Okay, cool. Uh, he's a little older, so I, I think that's gonna be a blast, just to like, you know, let her be out there and seeing all the kids and you know having fun. Yeah, I um, think the Humane Society's coming too. They're gonna bring some uh, rescue animals and stuff. So oh, that's There'll be cool. a couple of other things for the kids to do too. I'll probably be leaving with one. If, if they let me, because <laughs> my my daughter, like every time she sees a dog now, like uh, mm. I have to do everything I can. Oh, to, no. Yeah, it's crazy. We got to get a mascot here, but uh, yeah, cool man. I appreciate you stopping by the studio. Sorry, we're under construction here, but no, that's awesome. You could probably get like a an idea of what we're trying to do. Yeah, to some extent, Look, looks like good stuff. I can't. I, I'm hoping you'll come and like run a class for us. And yeah, just don't burn anybody's feet with that cryogenic thing. Yeah. <laughs> So you know what's so funny about that? Every time I tell someone I'm doing cryotherapy, they're like, no, didn't no. you see what happened to Antonio Brown? I'm I like, know. you know how many thousands of people a day go into a cryo machine <laughs> and none of them get burned except for Antonio oh, Brown? Serious. Like, of course. And actually, like, no publicity is bad publicity. So yeah. for the cryo market, that didn't hurt right. anyone. You know, right. All it did was, you know, emphasize, especially here in Pittsburgh, that Antonio Brown's just an idiot. <laughs> I hope he's not listening. 
<laughs> well, he's getting free press. You just said and there's no publicity. Yeah, it's bad publicity. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but that'd be awesome if you ever want to stop by and yeah, run definitely. some classes for us, man. That'd be great. I um that that one that I showed up to where we had 110 people working out was pretty awesome. And then the training you put me through after that was pretty awesome. So I appreciate it. Um, yeah. is there anywhere people can find you or anything that you know anything that we didn't cover that you want to? Uh, point people to to check out obviously the event info i'll i'll share all of that on social media platforms but anything else that you have coming up or anything like that that you want to this race is the foremost thing yeah, on my mind right um, for the next four years <laughs> well i'm looking forward to september 23rd when i can like decompress over everything but yeah for um, sure i've never been a race director before so um yeah i can It'll see how it can be pretty stressful yeah <laughs> I'll but do my, we're going to have a fun event. Yeah. I mean, that, awesome. that's the whole purpose. It'll be a lot of fun. Have you do some sure. stuff you've never done before and, yeah. you know, have a good time. I can't wait for it. So yeah. It'll be a great time. And I got my shirt today, which is pretty awesome. Nice. So thanks for that. Sure. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. I think we can wrap up. Thanks for coming by. Yeah. It was great. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot.